One of the things that I'm realizing over and over and over again is that I don't know how to organize myself. I struggle with the ability to get my house in a state of order, of functionality. I'm not sure exactly how to process all of the different things that you bring into the house and put them in a place that works and have a house that just works. You know, you go to people's houses, everything has places and they know where everything is and moving things around or, you know, solving house problems comes easy. I was thinking about this and I realized that, you know, this, this is a function of, you know, learning from your parents, basically. For those who read my book, Under the Influence, you know that my father was a hoarder. And basically, this means that a lot of stuff was coming into the house and nothing was going out. There's just piles of literal junk. Now, my house is not like that. And even for the people looking behind me at the bookshelf, I'm in the process of organizing it. But what, what I've realized that has happened is that sort of disorganized nature is something that I'm having to push through and fight through. So it's almost like there's this innate resistance against against organizing, against moving, against taking action to solve problems. Because not only is the actual work involved, you know, not only is there work involved in what you actually have to do practically, you know, moving things around, thinking about stuff, sorting it out. There's also, it's like you're fighting against your past. Because like, let's say when I was young and I looked at my father's house and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't like how this is. Well, first of all, I was a child, so it's sort of like instilled upon me that this is just how houses are. And then even if I wanted to make a change, I wasn't in a place to make the change because I was a child. And even if I started making the changes, it would just get reverted back. So there's all of this innate learning that I'm sort of fighting against in my mind. That's quite a tough thing to overcome. Because the logical answer, because this is what really gets me, I can go into someone else's house and go and look at someone else's situation and help them completely because I'm seeing it from a detached perspective. You know, if I if I look at someone else's kitchen or, you know, room or home gym or whatever, it's very easy for me to go, okay, well, I can easily see the whole situation. I'm not emotionally attached and we can work through these problems. The problem comes when it comes to my own stuff that there's this block and this block is coming from my past. And this is where having, you know, an increasingly detached perspective of things is useful. It's where getting someone else's help to come in and help you to solve and see through those problems that can help. Because there's a level of emotionality that you're having to deal with. And it can become quickly overwhelming. So let's say you want to sort out your kitchen and you've got just too much stuff in there. The drawers are overflowing and you've just, basically you've just been in, you know, survival mode. And what I call survival mode is basically just, you've just got it to a place where you can function. It's not great. It's not optimal. There are problems that have to be solved, but you're able to keep going. You're not getting worse, but you just, there's stuff happening and you're dealing with problems as they come, but you're not proactively addressing them. (laughs) And then you start you, you want to try and sort of make it better, make it more functional, make it work a bit better, solve some of the overflowing issues, make things more organized, make things easy to find. And you're like, yeah, but if I, if I start addressing this problem and moving the stuff and sort of sorting it, now I have to deal with the next problem that rises. Where am I going to put all of the stuff that was in that drawer? If I move them somewhere else, then I'm going to have to deal with the stuff that was there. I won't have stuff to put there. Which, which of that stuff am I not using? Which of the stuff should I throw out? 
All of it's dirty, so it needs to be cleaned. So you, you start by trying to solve one problem, and that leads to multiple other problems. And then it can quickly expand outwards into this just mess of problem solving. So then you just don't. You just put it away. It's too much, too much work, and you stop. And the next day comes, and you see that issue again. You think about solving it, but then you realize it's going to take too much effort because it's trigger all these problems, and then you don't do it. And this continues, and this can continue for years. You know, same thing with my books. I've got a whole bunch of books, but I've got a whole pile of books on the ground that I need to sort out. Which books do I keep? Which books do I get rid of? Should I get rid of any books? What if I like them? What if I'm missing out on something? How do I know? And then, you know, should I get a bookshelf? Where am I going to get a bookshelf from? It's just this, it's an anxiety rumination cycle. And, excuse me, from the outside perspective, it can seem, seem like a silly problem to have. It's like, well, you just do it. You just deal with it. You just, whatever. But it's internal. So some of you are probably relating to this, thinking of your own personal space and your own personal issue. Things that, you know, it might be your your cupboard. It might be your desk, your room, whatever, your car. There is a space or a bunch of spaces or your entire house that you're struggling to manage and to deal with. And that that's that can be quite challenging. So how do you, how do you make headway on this? How do you start the process of fixing it? One one potential solution could be to get the help in, to, to, to find someone in your life that can look at it from a detached perspective and then actually show you the potential solutions. The problem with this is that you have to actually invite that person to help. You have to trust that person and you have to sort of swallow the ego or, or deal with that pain of them highlighting stuff that you've not been able to deal with. And this is a hard process. They can see it easily, but you have to let them in, and letting them in hurts. In my role as a coach, I'm learning to be able to help people. Like my, my job is to help people to address that sort of stuff. And 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 the main skill isn't really the fixing, because anyone can really do the fixing. It's it's a it's sort of enabling and discussing and talking them through the process of letting me suggest those ideas and then getting them to accept them. And it's not just like, you know, my ideas. It's looking at their problems, listening to their problems and finding a solution that works for them. And then I'll suggest a bunch of things that go with it, go with it, go with it. And they're like, oh, hey, that wouldn't work because of this reason. And then me as the coach has to step back and go, oh, I can see that. And we tweak off. There's obviously a lot of little things that you can do to fix your situation, working on principles, things that you use all the time, you should have access to, should be close at hand. Things that you don't use often, but you don't want to get rid of and throw out. They can be pushed far away and you might need a chair to grab up on the on the stool and grab them. Things that you don't use but you're keeping for sentimental value, how many of those do you need? Things that are broken, throw them out, right? When you're cleaning, clean high and then clean down lower and lower and lower. So so start cleaning high and as the crumbs fall, you're not re-cleaning them. You know, if you clean the bottom up, you're making extra work for yourself. So I like to figure out those principles apply them to other people, and then importantly, start applying them back to me because I need to deal with that. But the real benefit of all of this, of getting stuff in order, of biting through the bullet, of getting the help in or detaching and doing it yourself, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard You get if you push through it. The benefit is a cleaner mind. If you're looking around your space and it's organized and it's controlled and you, everywhere is in it, everything is in its place and you know where things are and it's functional, your brain is now calmer because your place is in a mess. Your brain's not a mess. Things are just in their place. 
And that means that your brain is a little bit calmer and a little bit able to deal with the quote-unquote real problems. Because if your space is a mess, that's the space that you're going to be trying to tackle and address the real issues in the world, in your life. The, 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 the battle here is taking that first step. It's always the hardest to start momentum. It's always the hardest to get going. You know, like the first couple of lifts when you start exercising is the hardest. The first couple of lifts when you first decide to do an exercise program, right? To get the motivation to actually start is hard. I haven't exercised yet. I'm recording this podcast in the morning because the rest of my family is asleep. I'm going to start exercising, but that, the motivation to go outside when it's cold, when it's, you know, morning is hard. But once I'm into it, once I start, once I get going, I'll be able to keep that momentum going. This is the same thing here. Just start. Use this podcast, this episode as a motivator to get going. It's not going to be easy. You're not going to have, like, it's not going to be like, oh, this is great. Because if it was so easy, you would have already done it. But like, I mean, you can start with very small things. Make your bed, right? Legit, just just make your bed. If that's the only thing you do today, that's such a small step, but it's such a small step that will lead to positive results because the bed is made. When you go to bed at night, you're like, huh, I did that. That's done, you know? Clean your dishes. Do that sort of level of care. And then when you can, look at one cupboard space and go, how can I make this better? Is there anything in here that I'm not using? Can I throw it out? Is there a better space for me to put this? Move it, put it there, throw it out slowly, slowly chip away. And the, 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 I suppose the final thing on this is don't look at it like you have to do everything all at once because like I said, it's very easy to look at that one little cupboard and that extrapolates to your whole kitchen, to your whole house, to your whole life. Mine. Eventually you'll get there. But if you look at, you know, if you're running a marathon and you're going, I'm going to run 40Ks, in that first K, you're thinking about the next 39 or whatever you're going to do. It's going to be very time consuming. It's going to be very mentally draining. When I'm exercising, I'm not thinking about the rest of the exercise session. I'm thinking about the things I'm doing right now, right? Don't think about everything. Really try and hone your mind and focus on the thing that you're trying to do in this moment right now. That now focused. What do you? What are you going? What change are you going to make now? Do that, and then do the next thing. Try and be as in the moment as possible. Easier said than done, of course, but. When you find your mind slifting out and looking and thinking about everything else, turn it back in and go, okay, that could be addressed maybe, but I'm doing this now. That approach is the same thing that I would suggest for meditation. Your mind wanders. And one of the ways that you can help to stop it wander is to go to yourself, okay, I'll, I'll look at those later. I'll look at that later. This amazing idea pops up. All right, cool, cool brain. I'll look at that later. I'm meditating now. Something that you have to worry about and fix. That's okay, brain. I'll look at that later. I'll address that later. And you sort of get used to used to the idea that you will address it later. Now, the, the other way that, you know, a practical tool for that is, is carry a pen and notepad or your phone or a voice recorder or whatever. And if something pops up, it's like, I need to address this as you're doing this first task. Don't go off and do that because now you're doing two separate tasks. Write it down. You're fixing your cupboard and you realize you've got to fix your bookshelf or you've got to walk the pets or whatever else it is. Write it down, do it later. Do one task, then do the next task. If you're like me and you know, you, you've, you've grown up from a chaotic, unattached, different sort of household, it can be very easy to try and fix multiple problems at once because there were multiple problems going on at once. But now you're an adult 
Hopefully your situation's a lot calmer. Okay, like practically speaking, it might feel chaotic, but from a real world safety perspective, chances are that it feels chaotic, but it's a lot safer and a lot calmer than you think it is or that, than it naturally feels. You might logically be able to realize that you're in a safer place, but it's time to start addressing the emotionality that you're sort of compounding with given the, the the global issues with the coronavirus and all of that extra stuff, that's adding all of these extra pressures onto our brains that we're struggling with. Okay, that's making things feel more chaotic. All right? You can't deal with that. What, what's, what's in our zone of control? What are we able to control right now? You, yourself. The only thing that you can control, not even fully, right? You can't even fully control yourself. But the only thing that you can really even have a, a, any amount of control over is you and your world. That's it. You're in your home right now. Start taking small steps. There's a lot of memes that are coming out saying, if you don't come out of the coronavirus or lockdown with, you know, a new skill, clean house, yada, yada, you've been wasting your time. It's, there's all of these things. It's like, well, you didn't lack um, the time. You lack the discipline, yada, yada. Maybe, right? I would suggest it's a lack of discipline. I would suggest it's a mental state shift that, you need to take before you can start instilling that discipline. It's hard to discipline yourself. It's hard to take those steps. And if if your environment is not set up in a way that's conducive to mental health growth, it's going to be harder. You know, like environments are important. People in bad environments have a you know, less chance of survival. But if we apply, you know, bad environments to you know, a messy floor, right? What feels better, a clean floor or a messy floor just to be around? That might mean you have to vacuum. It's about getting the motivation to actually do it. You know, maybe say to yourself, every day I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to make my bed today. And then do that every day. Get that get that habit going. And you go, okay, I've done my bed. I'm going to do five minutes of cleaning while I'm cooking. You know, let's say you're cooking, right? Start your cooking, get it going, and as you're cooking, be cleaning too. Doing the dishes, putting the other stuff away. You're cooking and cleaning, going back and forth. You're not on your phone, you're not distracted, you're not everywhere else, you're cooking and cleaning. So then by the time your food's ready to eat, you've done a bunch of dishes. You've wiped down your tabletops. You've, you know, cleaned the dust off the top of the fridge, right? That You might only get five minutes, but that's five minutes more a day. And then, you know, after a week, your house is looking clean or at least a lot cleaner than it was, and you'll start to feel good. It depends on who you are. You might get into this mode where you want to do it all at once, and that's fine. Get on that roll. Don't overburden yourself. Or you might find that instilling a rotating roster. Mondays, I'm going to vacuum. Tuesdays, I'm going to mop. Wednesdays, I'm going to dust. Thursdays, I'm going to do this. That could work for you. It's about finding what works for you, but it's about trying and starting I'm coming from this from a place of, <laughs> like I said with my father, it's 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 been a long process to get here, and it's not it's not it's not going to like you know I'm still I'm still working on it. The reason I'm harping on about it is because I know that the 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 feeling after or the feeling of living in a clean space, it's like a it's like a weight's lifted off my shoulders that I didn't know was there. And I think that this is something to do with an evolutionary response, you know, a, a, a fight and flight response, uh, like a sympathetic nervous system. You know, when we're, when we're in a state of danger, 
Our sympathetic nervous system triggers. Our muscles get ready to fight. Our pupils dilate. A whole bunch of stuff happens. Chemicals get released. Our bodies get ready to run or to fight. The fight and flight response. We're ready and we're active. Now, growing up in a volatile home with drug addicts and, you know, drug deal and the whole thing that I dealt with, a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension. I'm always was looking around worried about myself. Am I going to be attacked? What's going to happen? I'm not safe. All of those thoughts. That's persisted. To the extent that, you know, if I'm walking down the street and someone, I see someone, I, you know, I'm like, oh, is this guy going to attack me? It's like it's an innate reaction. I thought that was normal. And then I spoke to, you know, other people that had, you know, quote unquote, normal childhoods. And they're like, what do you mean? They didn't get it. And then I've spoken to other people and they were like saying, well, you know, when you get to that time when you're old enough, when you, when you, when you heal enough to not look at another man and feel threatened, you know, that's true healing, right? It's part of the reason things that I do a lot of martial arts is and a lot of exercise, I want to feel safe. All that aside, right? So I'm sure I know a lot of you can relate to those sort of feelings. If I'm about to fight someone, if my brain and my body is ready to like run or fight, what's the chances that I feel safe and comfortable cleaning? What does it matter that there's dirt on the ground? You know, what does it matter that I've left things out and about? If I'm about to fight you, the unvacuumed floor is irrelevant. You know, we're about to punch on. I'm about to run and get safe. But there's multiple ways to look at the mental state. You know, your 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 body can influence your brain, your brain can influence your body, and so can your environment. So if my environment is hectic and chaotic, that can trigger me to need to fight back. That can trigger that fight and flight response. But alternatively, if my environment is clean, that can suggest to my brain that I'm safe. More so, if I'm actively cleaning, if I'm actively doing things to look after myself, to, to you know, sort myself out, the act of me cleaning suggests to that part of my brain, that fight or flight part of my brain, it's like, well, Zach's cleaning right now. He must be safe. This is the same logic that I go for with slow breathing. If I'm like, getting ready, super strong, super tough breaths, that's not, that's not a calm breath. My body is not calm. But if I'm doing slow breathing, like that box breathing, the only way I'm breathing like that is if I'm calm, is if I'm safe. So my body can influence my brain. So I'm looking at it both ways. Obviously, the calm breathing is good, but cleaning is good. Sorting out my house is good. So it actually is therapeutic, even down to self-care and self-maintenance. Obviously, I'm growing the uh, the apocalypse beard now for those looking on the video, but I like to keep my, my head quite shaved. I shave every second day, you know, like with a razor. If I don't and the hair starts growing back, I start to feel not so great about myself, not from a looks perspective, but it's like I'm just, you know, letting myself go. And, you know, I'll see the little hairs growing and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, that's a sign of letting myself grow. And I start to feel bad. And actually the process of shaving, of looking after myself, of that maintenance, feels good. Not only do I feel like I look better, not that that's the point. It's like I'm doing something to to uh, to, to manage the <laughs> the inevitable slide into, into breakup, the um, I'm managing... There's a word that's on the tip of my tongue. I'll find it, but it's basically I'm managing life. I'm managing the 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 way that my brain and my body is deteriorating. It's it's I'm I'm keeping myself clean. I'm keeping myself functional. I'm doing something for myself. Apply that to yourself. 
apply that to the space that you live and you'll find that it's a two-way street and as your your physical location improves as your appearance improves as your ability to look after yourself improves your mind will improve as your mind improves your ability to look after yourself will improve and it's this positive loop cycle that increases I just can't stress enough that that, that, that that making that first step is is not going to feel comfortable. You know, you know, like motivation is great. You might be listening to the podcast and go, "Yeah, I'm going to clean my house," and you'll you'll have the motivation to start. That's great, but motivation doesn't last. You know, motivation. If you just listen to a motivating song or speaker or whatever, it doesn't continue day in and day out. What continues is a response to results, learning. And, you know, in the terms of like operant and classical condition at style learning, in the sense that you do something, it feels good, you do that something again, right? Because you want to get that reward, that inner reward. You know, if you find that slow breathing helps you feel less anxious, you're going to be slow breathing more when you're anxious, right? Same thing. If you notice that having a clean house makes you feel good, you're going to take action to have a clean house. You've just got to start and make that trust. There's a couple of Skillshare courses that I've done on the topic of changing habits and of morning routines because you could instill this as a morning routine. Create a killer morning routine, it's called. As in, you wake up, you meditate, you exercise, you do a little bit of cleaning. That might just be what you need. That might be what works for you. All of this is changing habits, right? It's habit changing. So rather than just cooking, you're cooking and cleaning. Problem is when people change habits, they go all or nothing, and then it's not life appropriate. They can't maintain it because you've done this massive thing. It's not life appropriate. If I was to say, hey, let's start an exercise program, people start doing this all the time. It's how gyms lock people in. You exercise that first week, you exercise daily, you exercise daily, you're pumping, and then you start to get sore. Then you start to realize other tasks are building up, and then you start to drop off until you're not exercising anymore. A better approach, in my mind, is a slow build-up is to eke out the time in your life to get some of that time back to do the habit. So I said, you suggested the idea of cooking and cleaning together. You would also instill it as a morning routine. You do this, you exercise, you meditate, then you cook clean for a little bit. Could work for you. You know, obviously your life situation, you have to make sure it's life appropriate, both for you internally, for your schedule, and for your family. So if you want some more advice on this and how to actually get it involved in your day, Head over to Skillshare. I'll put the links to those two courses down below, the Create a Killer Morning Routine and the Habit Changing, Instilling the Positive Habits. Um, and those links will give you two months free access. If you've been following, like I've said, the I've had a bit of issues with Skillshare in terms of some of the, they, they haven't liked my um, fitness courses and some of the other things just based on their community guidelines. Fair enough, I'm probably going to chuck them up on YouTube. Um, there are other options that I've been looking into, but they require payment up front. And... I don't feel like people should have to pay for advice that can help them. I know that when I was living at my father's, you know, living as a child, as a young, when I moved out at home at, at 15, all that sort of stuff, I didn't have the money. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford this advice that, that I'm trying to help people with. So I can't, I don't feel morally comfortable charging for this sort of stuff because I wouldn't have been able to get it myself because it could help people. Because if people can help get their shit together, they can... You know, like, <laughs> it's like you know, charging for for medicine seems like a bad idea, right? We should be able to have you know help people up. I'm not saying that what I'm giving you is medicine, but it's advice that can lead to self improvement. 
So with that in mind, I like Skillshare because you can get two months free access, you can watch all the stuff I've got up, and then you can cancel your membership. If you like it, if you like what Skillshare has to offer with all the other stuff, stay on board, learn a couple of new skills, all of that sort of stuff. But it's a way that people can support me, support themselves, yada yada. So if you head over to Skillshare, check out those two courses on establishing a morning routine and the habit changing, you'll be able to instill some of the stuff we'll be talking about in this podcast to actually in your life over the long term. I'm all about that long-term trend, that trending up as opposed to working this massive burst. I'm going to fix everything. It's like a New Year's resolution. Might work. You know, that cold turkey or that gung-ho approach might work. But what are the chances? How many times have you gone, I'm going to make this massive change in my life only for you to be back exactly where you are when, you know, like after a week or two weeks a month. Slow changes, long-term changes. And, and, and to give you a comparison, like I, I work on like long-term changes all the time, but when something stressful happens in the world, for example, the coronavirus stuff, or in your own world, the habits that you've just instilled, they're the ones that fall away. So just prior to this, I started cutting wheat and rice and dairy from my diet, and I was feeling great. But the external stress of this coronavirus stuff has caused me to lapse on that. Just unintentionally, but... I hadn't yet established it fully in my life to be able to, for it to maintain itself with extra life pressure. I'm not eating sugar, I'm still exercising, still meditating, still doing all of these other things that I value in my life, but this most recent habit change has been pushed back. I feel like once everything settles down into the routine of being under the impact of coronavirus, I'll be able to get that back. But... I hadn't done it long enough for it to be instilled as a long-term habit. I hadn't cut that stuff from my diet. One of the things that I'm working on for it to stick. And I've seen that with the people that I work with and people messaging me online. You know, they've started doing intermittent fasting, for example, not eating till 12. Or they've you know, started meditating daily or they've you know, started exercising or whatever their habit that they're trying to instill is. They've, they've quit smoking, right? And the coronavirus stuff happens and... That's extra stress, the habit's not fully formed, and they've fallen off the wagon. And they're like, why? We're all in this together. This is all happening to all of us. Extra stress causes us to revert back to our safety habits. Let's get back on the man wagon together. Okay? Check out those courses and start instilling the habit. I would suggest cleaning. Okay? Instill it one one little thing a day and work on it from there. Okay? Cheers. Cheers.